right, John. It's uh, 7.50 at night on Sunday. Uh, how long has it been? It's been a long time since we've done an episode. I think it's 13 days, almost two weeks. Uh, it, might, it might be even longer than that. I, I could be no, it was April 4th, I think, was the last one we did, which was you a good might, one. You might be right. It was a good one. I had a lot of fun with that one, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I've had quite a week the past week. Um, we were going to do, do a show on Friday, but... Um, I was in a lot of pain for a couple of days. Wednesday night was probably one of the worst nights of my life. Uh, it was, I was in a lot of, I don't even know how I made it through all those classes. I was in so much pain. Um, but then I didn't go to sleep until like 5 a.m. I think I threw up twice too. I don't know really know why. It was seemingly unrelated, but that was no fun. Um, I went to urgent care on Friday. They thought it was something simple. Um, I called my mom. My stepdad is a doctor, so I drove down to uh, see him, and then he thought I should go to the ER, so I went to the ER, and then it turned out it wasn't very simple and that I needed, a, it was a medical emergency, I needed surgery, so I had to drive this line and have surgery, which is a lot of fun, so that's why we didn't have a show last Friday, so uh, I probably should have tweeted about it, but wait, wait to it's fill quite in, a week. What way to fill in the audience right there, that's very well, descriptive. I, I, mean, I mean, it could have been a lot more descriptive, John. But yeah. I mean, I guess if you can take anything away from it, if something's not right, just go to the ER or just, you know, see a doctor or something. I just thought it would go away. Right. Now I'm 21. I've never gone to the ER. I haven't gone to the doctor in like years since I turned 18 and don't have a pediatrician anymore. I just thought I just wanted it to go away. But obviously it's not, you know, you got to listen to your body. It was really stupid. But yep. but I mean, anyway, uh, we've surprisingly we've missed a few things john but we haven't missed a ton we haven't missed any transfers committing to k-state which is a little unfortunate um yeah. until recently we had i think we missed maybe one baseball win besides before these last series against texas which is a bit unfortunate but um missed a few football recruits but we'll be covering all that here i think we go ahead and start with the baseball john uh horns down horns uh, down. what's for dinner uh beef beef, beef. that's right beef Eat all the beef in the world. Yeah, so it was quite a – I mean, John, do, can, do you think you could describe Toynton Magic? Because it makes no sense to me. We just look, – we look so much better at Toynton. I mean, it was, it was just – it was really great to watch those two games, Thursday and Friday. We showed a lot of resilience, especially in that first game to make the comeback. A lot of people uh, came up clutch. Even when, you know, Dom Johnson is 0 for 3, a lot of people made stuff happen. It was just overall. I mean, it was a. It's a, it just feels really good to stick it to a tex to Texas as always. Just just the way K State came back in the first game too. You talk about K State uh, had some really good swinging late in the late in the contest. Um, came back rallying uh, with seven unanswered runs, seven in a, seven in a row. That uh, to really put the put the. Um, Cherry on top for the uh, ultimate comeback in the first night, and then the second night, it was just, it was all, it was just all K State when it comes to, especially the offensive side. K State had twelve hits, Texas had three hits. Um, that was probably the stat that stood out to me. Just seeing the the stats, just absolutely eye popping, especially when you put into consideration how how you would compare these teams uh, with Texas being. Preseason unit, oh, unanimously preseason pick number one uh, in K State, uh, kind of in the bottom of the Big Twelve. It was just, it was great to see K State get some big, big wins against a top ten team. 
Yeah, I mean, Dylan Phillips continues to add to his um, home run record. He had two, really, to keep us in that game um, on Thursday night. What is keep it, make it five to two after Texas put up five and their pitcher? Oh, man, I got to find his name here. Uh, Pete Hansen. I mean, he struck out eight batters through the first three innings. I mean, I had, I, I was working audio for the game. I, was, I looked up the Big 12 record for most strikeouts in a game because I thought it might come up. I mean, he had eight for three innings. The first nine batters he struck out. The Big 12 record is 18, by the way. I don't remember who did it, but it was in the late 90s. Um, he was never going to break the NCAA record because it's 26 somehow. I don't – I mean, whew. Oh, man. You, yeah, that, you'd, probably, you'd probably have to have a near or, or, or a perfect game overall just to even be up towards those numbers. But uh, Dylan Phillips, he, he was doing – he was doing his thing, just bombing, bombing stuff away. Uh, and then you also, I mean, let's also give Nick Goodwin some credit uh, in the first game getting, I think, what was it? A deep left. It was near the center field as well. It was yeah. leaning towards the left, uh, sending in, uh, sending in three runs uh, to cap things off. I think ultimately um, for Texas, you got to be really disappointed uh, with the, with the really the bullpen implosion, it just didn't really get things going when it comes to, to the pitching side uh, in this series. Yeah, I mean, and even in the fielding, because we had a huge seventh inning where they make that um, – it's a grounder to short, and they try to make the throw over there, I believe, and then, then he just totally blows the throw, which lets a runner score, and then that leads Goodwin to hit the three-run jack. So, uh, I mean – it was just an absolutely huge game. Get the eight to five win, especially to start it off. You know, we, what were we one and seven in big 12 play, you know, you got to get some wins on the board. The latter half of the schedule is going to be a lot easier. You get a chance to hopefully win some series. Um, so, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on the first game before we move on? Cause uh, I mean, the, the second game is pretty fun to talk about too. Why, why don't we just talk about that and raise the bar and in terms of, uh, praising this team because man, they they looked. I, I was there. I was there on Friday night, and man, they looked really good. They they that might have been the best performance of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, all around from everybody. Blake Adams pitched an absolute gem. You have twelve hits through the entire team. Just, I mean, absolute all around, just really perfect baseball. Point uh, magic. I don't really. I can't really explain it. You know, you get out to a three nothing lead. Um, you know, through six innings. I don't honestly, and you don't need magic. the you didn't really need the players such as Phillips or Goodwin to to really get things going. You also had some play player some other players you could have uh, you gotten some good work out of uh, in Justin Mitchell, Dominic Hughes. They had a uh, with a couple of runs. Josh Nickloff, I believe, delivered another run. Um, K State would just been after that add five more runs. I think five more runs in the seventh inning. Seventh and eighth inning. Um, one yeah. of stats now. Uh, they they just really cruised uh, to a big win uh, last night. That was one of the more entertaining nights at Toyton Family Stadium I've ever had. It, everybody was just get. They were just all feeling really good. Uh, a lot of a lot of hecklers too. They, they were they were just get, yeah. I think oh, what was it late in the game? I think the in the eighth inning. Well, a pitcher was pitching for Texas. One of the K-State players was playing to steal the base. I heard a heckler. He was yelling, how could you be this stupid? Uh, and then he just turns around and 
a K-State player steal, steals base. I mean, it, I, I don't know. That, that's just – that's just that's just one of the main highlights I, I got out of it when it comes to the fan support. Uh, even through this year, I, I was really impressed to see the amount of fans show up for this K State team, uh, without a doubt. Uh, it, but this game particularly, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that Friday game, Richard Linton came out to throw the first pitch, which was cool. I think one of the things that made the game fun, John, was it didn't drag at all. I mean, it was like two and a half hours. It probably could have been a sub two hour game if we didn't have if that big eighth inning with all those pitching changes and stuff. But it seemed a it seemed a lot quicker, a lot more quick, quick, uh, faster. I don't know, whatever, what like quick pace. It seemed like it was going way more fast, uh, fast compared to the yeah first game. And ultimately, you just had a few missed calls. I think I think a few missed calls in the first one. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, K State uh, in the in the second game for sure. But they just they just swept Texas. They just yeah. absolutely just took them to the woodshed. Yeah, for for the I don't know if I don't even know if you know this, John. But there's a joke at K State HDTV about when Will directs a game that the game always goes really long, and Will didn't direct the game on Friday. It was Chris. So I mean, I think that's probably why you know we had replay. You know, speed up the game. I think which was. I I really appreciate it. So replay well, I think, Well, I think that. Well, d- didn't Andy? Well, I'm thinking of some other on games. Didn't I think Andy uh, did the Northern Colorado baseball game? Which that one, uh, for those who don't know, took uh, took about eight hours with two rain delays. So it, it was it was a long night in the office for sure. But uh, man, I, I mean, you're gonna get that in baseball. You're gonna have a lot of long games. You're gonna have a, a lot of short games. You're gonna have a lot of run rule games. You're gonna have a lot of extra inning games. It's just all part of baseball uh, this time of the year. Yeah, I mean, you get paid more, but um, yeah, there are sometimes baseball games can just like really drag, and it's sometimes it can be. I mean, especially when the weather's not great. Um, for those cameramen and people, uh, it can be a little tough. But I, um, I remember our director, uh, what, what the graphics, uh, top graphic graphics operator, um, uh, Matt Jordan. He he uh, he said, "What better way to uh, what better way to spend a, a Tuesday night uh, than at, at the West Stadium control room at ten thirty p.m." <laughs> yeah, uh, <duh. laughs> it was. It was it was a it was a long night. It was a really long night. But go, going back to this series, it 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 was a big statement for K State. I, I was I was hoping they could have finished off a sweep, but uh, ultimately, I mean, especially against Texas, uh, uh, you'll I I would take a win in a series at any time. Yeah, especially I think with the expectations, I was imagining we just get smoked in the first two games and then take the the third game, which is kind of what we've been doing. Um, or at least putting up a fight, you know, in the few of the games. But, um, you know, the Sunday game was still pretty competitive. Connor McCullough, who pitched on Thursday night for, um, I want an inning in a third or something like that, um, came in and threw a few pitches just to get the finishing touches on the game because uh, Herman Fajardo, it just was he went an inning in two-thirds, McCullough did. But Herman Fajardo came in for a little bit, just wasn't his day. Um, sometimes that happens, you know. Um, I pre- Pete Hughes gave him, a, you know, uh, some confidence before he left. But, um the game on Sunday was still competitive, obviously highlighted by the uh, some of the words exchanged when Dominic Johnson was trying to steal second, collided with the shortstop, 
Um, it got, I mean, even though I believe Nikolov walked, so he just was going to take second base. It was kind of a weird whole ordeal that seemed like they were just making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, in terms of a and in, in terms of of a player crashing into well, John. In terms of Johnson crashing into the end of a player at second base, I'm sure. But I don't think that was the ultimate uh, thing that start the ultimate um, stuff that's uh, kind of the, got the the instigator. Oil. I don't think I don't think that guy was necessarily the instigator. I think it might have been the first baseman, but uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I I don't know. It, I, I wasn't at that game, it, it, but I heard it was a little bit chaotic. Could have could have gone a lot worse, but um, Case had had some opportunities. Possibly they, they they gave up a few soft runs, and yeah, I mean the I think what from what I heard on the on the broadcast was location location on one of those on one of the runs that Texas scored. Uh, looked like an easy fly out at first, but. Uh, a few K State fan, uh, a few K State players uh, just weren't able to get to that location, which uh, ultimately ultimately led to a Texas run. So, uh, just some of the errors like that defensively. You also had some pitching errors as well. Uh, so, not not the best way to end the series, but um, it's going it's going to sting. But when when you look at the weekend series, you, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, it just feels good to get the win. Um, you know, triple triple your win total basically for the uh, Big Twelve season. You know, get to five hundred. I think it feels good being a top ten team. I mean, Texas is five hundred in Big Twelve with six losses, but and you also, uh, when it comes to the Big Twelve standings, you're now one game in front of KU because KU uh, only got one out of three games in Waco this weekend. So. Um, I think I think that's I think that's where things said right now. I think K State right now is eighth, and KU is ninth. Yeah, uh, when it comes to the conference standings. So yeah, I mean coming still, up, John. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, still a lot of baseball to be playing. A little rusty. It's fun. A little rusty. It's fun. We're, we're still working on it. <laughs> well, I mean coming up, John. I mean you got a decent schedule. You can really rattle off some wins in some more non-conference action. I mean you're playing WSU at uh, whatever their field is called in Wichita tomorrow. Then you play Wait, Omaha at, at home. What was it? X Stadium? X. X yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's a, a pretty that's, nice. a, that's a big stadium. Yeah, it's uh, pretty nice. I've been there a few times. Yeah, but you get Wichita State uh, tomorrow. But the day, the day that we're, we're recording this, uh, K-State faces with Shockers more uh, on Monday. And then you get Omaha on Tuesday. I mean, I think you got a weekend series with UC Irvine as well. So uh, taking a break from comp, from uh, conference play, um, may, may see uh, if K-State can uh, rattle off a few non-conference wins. I know UC Irvine historically, they had a pretty good uh, baseball program. Same, same goes with Wichita State, even though they've been in the gutter uh, throughout the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, baseball baseball from in terms of scheduling though baseball's a confusing sport uh, yeah i mean I'll, I'll just say i mean you're also playing nebraska during this non-conference stretch who you've played before you've played omaha before as well you've beaten both of them so you're just swapping you beat omaha on the also, road now you're playing you also, be, you also be creighton as well right now you're three and oh uh or is it four and oh case they could be four and oh against the state of nebraska uh and then i think later in the year they travel up to lincoln as well so yeah, um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how this team 
this team uh, fares throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know who scheduled their their conference play, but they did K State pretty dirty to start did, out. You no, know, that I, I I would that caught me uh, that caught my eyes for sure. I mean, yeah, the top four teams, well, preseason top four teams in the Big Twelve to start off at TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, at Texas Tech, I'm in Texas. I mean, that's just a tough way to start things off. Uh, if you're K State, though, I think you you probably have to be fortunate that you're you you're not at last place, and you kind of you kind of a, a little more of an easier finish to the season. Uh, looking at the rest of a Big Twelve schedule, you got Oklahoma uh, for a series. Um, you also got Kansas and Baylor at home. Uh, getting Kansas at home will be will be pretty big when it comes to uh potentially securing the uh standings yeah those well. are those are some big i don't know want to say must win but the, obviously because it's ku but also for the sake of you know beating on a team that's kind of at our level or lower yeah. in terms of quality and, and then you're uh, conveniently playing virginia tech and then finishing off with virginia who are they still in west first virginia, place uh west, west virginia west virginia sorry um yeah at lost, west virginia they, they lost this week to oklahoma state uh, so I think Oklahoma State might be number number one, but uh, look, it is. I get, I guess, traveling to Blacksburg, uh, you'll probably make that little drive up from Blacksburg to Morgantown. I guess that's pretty convenient as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's Arnold? just, and then you then you finish things up in Arlington, hoping the Cats can make a a, a bigger a, a splash like they did last year. Yeah, a big splash like they did last year. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know. Not going to be making the tournament this year, probably. Um, probably, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Probably lose Phillips to the draft and whatever happens with McCullough. But, I mean, who knows what the future holds. But, I mean, it's you play pretty much the bottom half of the Big 12 Conference to end the season. You really got a chance to roll off some wins, get a win, a, a win against um, – series win against UC Irvine at home, um, take control of Nebraska, which is always really fun. Um yeah. So, yeah, it feels pretty good. John, where does baseball rank in terms of, like, your favorite sports? Oh, man. Before before working for K-State HDTV, if you were to tell me before before then, I'd probably have it near the, near the bottom. I think when it comes to going to the games, I, I have more of a funner time rather than watching the games uh, on stream or, or broadcast. But I also found out if you're working – if you're working the game as a graphics operator, it's, 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 it's like a, it's like a routine you have to get to, but yet to go through, but it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, for those who don't know, if you run the score bug, which is, you know, the thing in the top left that shows you the score, you like, there's, it doesn't automatically score the game for you. You have to manually score the game, which if you, if you know baseball at all, baseball well, is an extremely hard sport to score. Cause sometimes well, a bunch of stuff can happen. And make well, that, it really complicated. Well, then not only not only you have to manage the score bug if you're if you're a second graphics operator, you also had to put in like what happened uh, on the previous play, whether it was a fly out, ground out, or if it was a single, double, home run, you you name it, you have to put in a stat like that. Um, so it shows so so it shows that stat on the on the other graphics operator, the one who puts in the uh, player stats so uh it's a little bit complicated but it's it it, it it's a lot 
uh, once when you get into a routine, you, you feel more comfortable with it. Yeah, baseball uh, baseball can be a little deceiving because I think it seems oh, like yeah. it should be a very easy sport to cover because not a lot happens, but it's because not a lot happens. Well, it's because of a couple of things. It's because not a lot happens and you have a ton of time to fill. So you have, you know, you have to just get a bunch of cameras doing stuff, but also because like with other sports like football and basketball, where you just have one camera that can cover everything that's happening and you pretty much just live on that camera for most of the game with baseball. That's not the case, but you have the center field camera that's getting the pitch. And then you have, you have the other camera from um, home plate that gets the action when the ball is actually hit. And then you have to cut around and replays got all these other things that they have to get, especially if there's like sacrifice flies with run scoring. It is like, and then there's everything you mentioned with the score bug and everybody has to know their assignments. It's a very hard, it's a very hard sport to cover. I'm, I was, I was always thinking of the, of the people who work the cameras, especially on the cold nights. Ooh, uh, yeah. The one who, the one who's always working uh, behind the field, um, uh, uh, the one who uh, I think who has uh, their attention towards the, like when the pitch, when the pitch is thrown, man, they're just isolated over there because, yeah. because there's no, because there's no, um, uh, there's no other seating sections. There, uh, there used to be trees, but not anymore. So yeah, they're just on like a little platform in like left center field. And if feels, it, it, I know if it's a cold and windy night, then then you're screwed. I know if it gets windy, like there's like a people are like the the platform will start shaking and they get a little nervous. Yeah. So yeah, credit uh, to all those that, people. I noticed that during the K State Nebraska game. Uh, a few weeks back, just uh, in the uh, home opener, um, it, the camera was definitely shaking at times because it was really cold. But man, I mean, that's that's Kansas weather for you, especially around that time of year. You you want to play in the South, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have yeah, to you have to do you have to get a home and home somehow with Nebraska. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I brought it up for the favorite sports thing, because I think for most people, baseball is definitely like a solid number three. It's usually like football, basketball, and then baseball. I don't even know what a four sport would be like soccer or something. Maybe if you're into the MLS or anything yeah. that's happening across yeah. the pond. Um, Kansas yeah, City, I, the, the folks in Kansas City may have it a little bit higher with the way FIFA's looking, maybe. That uh, would be cool. For, for, Can for Kansas City to possibly host, they also got a lot of soccer fields as well. Yeah. They got a lot of soccer fields. It's it's not a, it's not anything. Uh, it's uh, it's nothing on my radar. But uh, uh, I know there's a lot of there's the sport especially is growing a lot in Kansas for sure. Yeah, especially for like talking about baseball. I think baseball is kind of a hard sport to talk about because it's fairly arbitrary. And you also have to. You also you also had to build up some stuff, but like during inter intermissions, like be, what between pitches and between. Oh yeah, yeah. That. For like play by play commentary, yeah. There's definitely right. a lot of there's definitely an art to that. Um, but yeah, even for like like what we're doing, like I I just think baseball's so arbitrary that like there's a reason they play 160. First of all, it's because they can they can play 162 games. Baseball is not a particularly fatiguing sport. But it's also the fact that I there's so like many like hot streaks and cold streaks like we've seen this season uh, with the K State baseball team or like with the Royals who've kind of just regressed to the mean. Um, shocker, they're probably not going to win the I World Series. Lose to, 
how do you lose to the Detroit Tigers, man? I mean, that's that's baseball. That, it's that, baseball. That's when that's when you know you hit rock bottom. Yeah, I I just think what makes baseball interesting is talking about the statistics. And for the statistics, you need I like I think um, Sunday Night Baseball started showing OPS plus, which I think is really cool. OPS plus, if you don't know, is just kind of like a one number stat to show how good somebody is at hitting a baseball but it's like adjusted for um, the ballpark they play in and also the run scoring environment. So uh, if you play in like Kauffman stadium, which is a particularly kind of um, more defensive uh, ballpark, usually with that really big outfield or something like Coors, which is a way more offensive ballpark or Fenway it OPS plus will adjust for that. So like, um, so 100 is usually average for OPS plus. I think the highest career OPS plus is like Babe Ruth. Who's at like 210. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, but anyway, that's kind of cool. a whole rant. There's also ERA plus there's a bunch of different saber metrics. It's kind of a whole, not a cesspool, but that's kind of a whole rabbit hole to go down if you're interested in doing that. But well, I think that kind of stuff is what makes baseball interesting. Let's give a credit, uh, give credit to where credit's due. And I'm, uh, and I'm talking about the K-State baseball analytics page on Twitter. Uh, oh my goodness. Big, big, they record a lot of pitches. Um, they, they determine the speed, the spin rate, the pitch, um, and they also have the little box as well, and like where where like where it lies in the box as well. And not only that, they also got home runs as well. They got the exit velocity, the distance, launch angle, time, home runs. I mean, they they got it all. It's 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 not easy to keep track of all that stuff. Yeah, and it's especially um, nice in an era where we know that velocity isn't as important as spin rate. When spin rate is really what causes the hit and miss stuff, especially with your, you know, the fastball, the higher your spin rate, the more like, you know, people perceive that there's like a, a fastball is a rising. It's not actually rising. It's just fighting off gravity at a, you know, slower rate. So it almost comes off as rising, but that's what really throws hitters off. Um, so that's really cool to track that. Something I learned recently, John, is yeah. that, um, the KSU data analytics team always has a report of every umpire um, for their games. And they know that like, you know, like that umpire on Thursday or maybe it was Friday. I'm trying to remember who didn't call high strikes. He pretty much like everything that looked like that some umps might call in the high part of the zone. He wasn't calling consistently and they probably had data on that. So I thought that was really cool to track the data on umpires and know like, Hey, like, like, you know, this guy called, you know, this guy calls high strikes. So you're going to want to swing at high stuff because he's going to call, you know, I thought that was really interesting. I, I, and they also get more recognition as well. I mean, you, you talk about John Higgins and some of the other rep- <laughs> officiating and basketball that just, that just ticks a lot of people off, especially in the big 12, uh, maybe especially in, in a place called Ames, Iowa as well. Um, but uh, baseball, I mean, they, they, they not only like recognize them, uh, they have they have a PA announcer uh, just like introduce him as well. So, um, they'll, they'll 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 keep track of a lot of stuff in order to sort of build up the anticipation, uh, as you, as some may say. Yeah, that was kind of a whole tangent we just went on, but that's fine. Um, I don't mean necessarily of- it was a tangent. I think it was just. I think it was just some talking, bags. talking baseball. Yeah, we're just talking some baseball. How, Man, that, how it works, that Teddy Ball how it game, broadcasting business. Yeah, that Teddy Ball game, he could play baseball, man. Yep, he, he sure can. He, he sure can. Anyway, 
Well, that's probably a good place to end it. Uh, I think it was a pretty fun conversation. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll hit on some uh, recruiting of the basketball and football. And we're back with some breaking news, actually, as we're recording this. The first transfer to K-State has just dropped. It's Jarrell Colbert. Jarrell Colbert, excuse me. Still wearing off the rust, John, from uh, LSU. Uh, not much to talk about at LSU, but this guy is a huge recruit, especially I think a lot of people will really like that he's, you know, a big. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's 6'10", power forward, center type dude. Huge recruit. He was uh, 82 on um, uh, RSCI's top 100. I think John Kurtz said he was like a top 25 recruit somewhere else. I mean, this dude's legit. And I think it could be kind of like, a, you know, he could be the first domino to fall, which could kind of have a snowball effect get more guys to start to commit, John. It's a big pickup, and, and especially for, for a lot of K-State fans who were, uh, from what from what it could be, what K-State might have just not been getting their guys um, uh, to come out of a transfer portal. But ultimately, this is one where you, where you just more like, oh, man, we, we finally got someone. And, and based on, based on um, from, what I, from what I've been seeing uh, from a lot of the uh, scouting reports uh he he has a lot of potential to to do some great things uh um year one at lsu certainly did not go as planned but um we'll we'll see how jerome ting and, and his staff are able to uh, uh get him going uh he's a six foot ten freshman uh he's he's i think he's he is out of houston texas but he played high school ball and at a high school called houston in tennessee so wait really I, I'm not sure. I, I I I could be I could be some reverse psychology stuff, okay. but that's what I've seen so far. But um, John, I'm gonna look up Houston, Tennessee again, John, because based on what I saw, this it looked it like it be, was like a completely it, uninhabited it, area. It could be Houston. It it's could be prompt. Houston, Texas. I, I I just I just saw on I I I saw this on 24. I think I saw this on 24 seven as well. But they could have just made a typo. I mean, unless because they it was, it, it was it Houston. Was, I mean, it was probably a typo. So yeah, he, he's he, uh, Houston, Texas. He he was described as a future first round pick by director of basketball scouting Jerry Meyer. Uh, he, um, from what he said, he has the upside and potential for Col uh, for Colbert. Uh, the the upside potential for sure. Uh, he said it was through the roof. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just kind of uh, freezed there for a second. Um, <laughs> He only, he only appeared in four games for LSU last season, but he should make an immediate impact for for the uh, for a roster that previously only had three players uh, on the roster after being hit really really hard by the transfer portal. Uh, this uh, this news was it looked like it was it was bound to happen at some point today, uh, like on the day we're recording this. Uh, it just took a while to make it official, but. Now we got word while we were doing the show, but it's happened. So we'll see. We'll see how he fares in a Wildcat uniform. Yeah, I mean, we knew he was making an official visit this weekend. Um, obviously, um, Tank dropped the you know great day to be a Wildcat. People thought you know the, the first guy would uh, transfer here, and that actually did happen. It took a little while than longer than people thought, probably, but it feels good to have finally have one. John, I think uh, I'm sure Coach Tang saw this the entire way. I mean, I know people were getting a little antsy about everybody hitting the portal, but I'm sure he was aware that he could really upgrade 
um, the talent level at K-State with, you know, um, replacing some of these guys, given the connections that, you know, him, Jareem Dowling and Yurik uh, Malagy have that I think they could really make a huge splash, you know, a former four-star recruit. He said that he actually known has known coach tank since middle school. So, I mean, tanks, obviously he's got connections everywhere and, you know, he's a big about building those relationships, but it, it feels good to finally have one. Um, it's kind of a relief off K state fans shoulders. I'm sure coach tank doesn't care. Cause you know, he's, he's has full confidence in him in himself and his staff to put stuff together over time. I know we said on the, a podcast with Kurtz Young and uh, Cole Manbeck, which is called Three Ma, which I think is a stupid name. But anyway, I guess I can't really talk. Our name is kind of cheesy, but uh, <laughs> calling them out. Anyway, he said, um, you know, these are the, you know, a lot of the people that are really, you know, like players you want that the coaches wanted to stay instead of enter the transfer portal are going to start coming in now. Um, which we see, you know, the list on KSO of all the people in the transfer portal that have K State has shown interest in is growing by the day, including Dexter Dennis, John. Dexter Dennis, I mean, we obviously, I've seen some Dexter Dennis stuff, but, you know, obviously him playing at Wichita State, that that dude can ball, and he's getting a lot of, I mean, KU's interested, I swear, if he goes to KU, John, oh. that would be so depressing to lose a guy in state who's, you know, that solid. Uh, he's got Indiana, Clemson, UConn visits as well alongside Kansas. So it's stiff competition all around for all these guys. But the first domino has dropped, and I'm sure it's the first of more to come. Oh, I'm sure of that as well. I'm looking at some of the other players on the list as well. You, you talk about uh, Marcus Heyman out of Niagara. He's been in a – he's been in a uh, – like conflicting a little bit, whether it's K-State and a few Northeast schools, which previously where he uh, – which was previously where he was from – uh and you also you also got a few more players i think i think i do i've i've met i've heard about one name out of detroit mercy as well uh which that could also be a big pickup for k-state so uh oh anton anton davis uh yeah he plans, uh you plan some visit uh maryland k-state and georgetown uh as well so uh looking looking at the overall like state of where the program was but this is a K-State really needed someone uh, just to really give uh, just like some confidence in the fan base and one that has just been through a lot when it comes to yeah. the transfer portal. This, this one was more for the fans, I think. It, it was more for the fans. I, I know for sure that um, Coach Tang and his coaching staff had, had, a, had an overall plan, They that um, especially when you consider uh, what the type of players they're going after. Uh, you 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 mentioned the North, uh, you mentioned some of the Texas connection down there. Um, already with Colbert, uh, and the coach in the previously. Uh, oh, sorry, the coaching staff with um, Malagi and um, Dowling as well, who were previously down at North Texas and Texas as well. So, uh, still many. It is the first one. Many more to come, but. Uh, you, you you must be feeling a lot more comfortable as a K State fan. Just yeah, just uh, knowing that you're able to pick someone and not have schools like Missouri and Georgetown go after you because, boy, those those schools. Oh, were, George, yeah, Missouri, Georgia, Missouri. And it looked yeah, like yeah. it looked like previously that the Hodge was going to be a lock as well, but his former coach Dennis Gates uh, got him at Mizzou. So uh, that was that was a tough break, but overall. Uh, it, it was it was a pretty it's it fortunate it was very fortunate yeah i I'm, I'm just scrolling through twitter right now and i just saw somebody tweeted a picture 
of the <laughs> Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. It says K State Athletics is Will Smith and LSU Athletics is Chris Rock. Oh, that's <laughs> that's too funny. Oh man. Well, anyway, I mean, hopefully, um, just as a reminder, we will be doing a live show on Friday. We'll probably do some trivia. Um, we were gonna do trivia last Friday, but obviously, uh, I had a whole thing. But yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll hopefully talk about more transfers that are coming in. So hopefully, more drop this week. I think that'll be fun to talk about. Um, your cat signal for when that drone—that was really cool. I saw that. I was like, that is really dope. Oh no, that's that's that was not the. I didn't make that. You have to give credit. I think it was the guy who runs the Phil the Bobcat Twitter. Oh, okay. So I I just I just saved a screenshot of him and I just posted it since it just looked really cool, but uh no no i i think i think there's plenty more to come with basketball i think we, like we gotta we gotta hit on football while, while yeah. we're still on this you know, i mean the segue pretty much makes itself john we've been you know the recruit we have a strong recruiting staff in basketball but we've made some big hits in football as well i mean get the two uh people i've been calling the ad astra all-stars you know this class of 23 that is just absolutely stacked um at k-state well, I call it the Ad Astra Alliance. Uh, How's that? What do you think? Ad Astra Alliance. Yeah. It's a pretty good one too. Um, I kind of like, I do kind of like the all-stars. I mean, you know. But you, you land, uh, land two of possibly the biggest target, uh, two of possibly uh, out of the seven biggest targets that K-State's been really going for, uh, especially in the Wichita area, which could potentially create a gateway to new opportunities. Uh, you look at tight end. Well, well, answer. Oh, and it. so we we were looking it up before. And and oh, apparently, and, and Sue. I think and Sue, but it was the, it was like it's French. So they went, they, they said it was like a really. That, that's it. I it's saw. A thing, it's a and Sue, but he rings us with seventh ranked prospect in the Sunflower State. Uh, he had some pretty big offers as well. I think Iowa State. Kansas, Michigan State was up there as well. Minnesota, so keeping him in the home state was big. Uh, I mean, you also got uh, oh, and so he was previously at Cape of Mount Carmel, which they had a really good football program throughout the last past few years as well. And then you got uh, Wichita commit, uh, Wichita collegiate safety. Sorry, Wesley Fair. That's a little bit more easier to say. Yeah. Uh, but he. But a number three star recruit from Kansas. He's he's a pro, he's should be projected as a safety. Uh and but uh and it was fifth number uh oh man, no the fifth ranked player, I believe, uh in the state of Kansas, according to 247. Uh and K-State got its second head-to-head recruiting win over Iowa State in Kansas. So when you're really talking about the Wichita pipeline, especially. K State's really done their work um, when they have when they couldn't have in the past. Not and then you also look at how K State's faring for some of the Wichita players uh, uh, right now with the likes of Dylan Edwards, Avery Johnson. Uh, um, we'll, we'll see what what happens uh, with those. But if I'm a K State fan, uh, getting those two recruits, you have to be feeling a lot a lot more confident in. Uh, but way this uh, in the way this coaching staff is trending when it comes to the recruiting side of things. Yeah, I think it feels really good to be able to beat out KU and Iowa State for a guy, you know, in Wichita. You don't want to see these guys leaving the state, and obviously, you know, we're, 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 they're not going to KU. So, especially, I'm, 
I, I, I have been noticing this. It seems as if KU has, has kind of locked Topeka up a little bit until K-State gets Joe Otting, which I'm, I'm going to predict he's going to go to K-State over Iowa. Uh, huh. But, uh, Joe Otting out of Hayden, but KU has gotten their fair share of recruits in the Topeka and KC Metro, but ultimately I think this might be the best year case if K-State can land Avery Johnson, Dylan Edwards, uh, this this might be the best recruiting class in the history of K-State football uh, with, with yeah. the way things are looking. I think you have to look at back at maybe, oh, maybe oh, 19, the, the, the years where I think um, Terrence Newman was was, was Yeah, like the – I'm trying to – I don't know all the years, but like, you know, when you had like Terrence Newman and like Chris Canty – you know, guys like that, Semino, um, yep. obviously that entire defense from the 98 team was totally stacked. I don't know how highly recruited they were, but, you know, it's but anyway. It's, it's some big stuff. And also, uh, just all, just the way K-State's been uh, you, with Avery Johnson, I think it, it could be uh, a foregone conclusion that he comes to K-State. He just has to make it official uh, pretty soon. I know Arkansas – uh, has been a little bit of uh, looked like at previously was going to be the top contender for Avery Johnson, but starting to lean that that K State starting to look like look like the route for for Johnson, uh, and then you got of course Dylan Edwards who's still uh, K State Oklahoma. Oh, he did get an offer from Oregon as well. So we'll yeah we'll see how that goes. But um, I don't know how much that matters if he's really considering Oregon. I mean, he's visited K State four times. Um, he's visited Nebraska think, and Oklahoma twice. I mean, I think, uh, I, I think he's planning on visiting Oklahoma one more, and I think K State one more as well. So, uh, still a lot, still a little time to decide. But uh, for K State to be in these type battles uh, with the in, with the top in state recruits, uh, boy, it just leaves you a really good feeling. And yeah, especially especially if K State's able to continue running the Sunflower State for what they have for up the last. For many, many, many years. Many, many, uh, many years. Many years. Uh, if if K can continue landing these type of recruits, uh, not only do I think K will continue uh, uh, make their cause for make their case for the state of Kansas, like always, but I think uh, like like comparing to the Big Twelve, K could really fare uh, uh, with how things are going. So. Yeah, I mean, in general, like it feels really good to get these two three stars who are, you know, are competing with Iowa State and KU. I didn't know um, Ansu had an offer from Cali as well for schools like that. Be able to get them is huge, you know, keep them in Kansas. But I think we're, we're really keeping our eyes on those bigger fish and Dylan Edwards, you know, Joe Otting and obviously Avery Johnson. Um, if we could get guys like that, I mean, just, you know, who knows what kind of snowballing effect that would have in future classes as well these top guys from Derby and these big high schools in the Wichita area to be able to have a kind of a stronghold on the area is just absolutely huge. Yes. Especially, you know, when it's tougher, you know, and with making connections in Texas and stuff. And, you know, everybody says it's hard to recruit in Manhattan because, you know, you're not, you know, it's not the big city, you know, we have an airport, but people don't really know, care about that, but whatever. But I mean, the fan base is absolutely, you know, extremely passionate. It's so obvious on Twitter, you know, obvious. We've talked about it before, but, you know, Dylan Edwards and Avery Johnson is just, their replies are just filled with EMA stuff. And I don't really see that from other fan bases. A lot of K-State GIFs, a lot of just cat GIFs as well. I mean, 
that that the the K-State fans know when they want their players. Um, and looking at the basketball news, looking at the football news, well, especially with Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards, every post, every post that you'll see, whether it's a, a, an offer from another school, a K-State fan will be like, congratulations, but K-State, K-State's the home where the heart is. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. I was about to say, just before we, we wrap up, I do want to say that uh, I do hope KU, like, it's fun to make fun of KU and everything for their incompetence in football and their terrible facilities. But I think, I think you know, I think we should just throw it out there that I think it's best if they're better at football. I think that it'd be better if they got better at football. I know that if the, 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 the hard part to deal with their annoying fans, but I just think it's, we've all, K-State and KU have been ranked and played each other one time. Put, this, think... into, put this into consideration. K-State has dominated the state of Kansas when it comes to recruiting. And it's been the main reason has really been because K-State has beaten KU with the, under, with the uh, talent that wants to go to KU but hasn't gotten any offers. They decide to go to K-State and motive motive motivated speaking uh they've just they've been able to just torch KU throughout the past few years I don't know if I'm ready to give up that but that uh title just we, yet we can't be dictators John I mean even even if KU gets good in the next few years they're not competing with our facilities with what we're building what Gene Taylor's got going on and you know rising tide raises all ships I think you know when K-State was really good at basketball like that was so much fun you know to be able just make it a comparison. Like, where would you want to play for? Uh, a stadium where they have porta potties, or a stadium in which uh, uh, what's what's we have for? we have an indoor and an outdoor practice facility, or we have a newly built West Stadium center side. Um, veneer football complex. Veneer football complex, which down. is sick. That place is so dope. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, but I mean, uh, I, I'm, I might be in the minority, but I mean, I think it's better if KU is good at football. You know, maybe we'll lose a couple times and they'll make fun of us. But like, you know, we got to get better at basketball, too. And, you know, I think that'll make it a lot more fun. I think generally, I think, you know, we're, I hate KU, but I think it's just more fun if it's competitive and the fans actually care. Because then, you know, see, the thing is, John. You, you reel them in by making them think that they're good and then they actually care and they show up to the game instead of just being like, oh, I don't care. The team sucks. Wait till basketball season. And then you whoop them when they're good. And that makes it even more satisfying. And then also we could probably get college game day to come down and just amplify the rivalry of K-State KU. I think that would just be better for everybody. Make more money. Am I, am I convincing you? No. Maybe in basketball, but uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, because that's us getting better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, any advantage you want to KU, you just want to take it so heavily. Would you of... take? Would you take like KU going? I'm trying to think of some trade off of like K State getting better at basketball and KU getting better at football. You know, I, it, it, I heard a good one. Uh, that K-State fans uh, were on Twitter for. Uh, would you rather win a national championship and have KU win, I don't know, three or four years, straight years of football or be oh. a jack-of-trade school without winning a national championship but just completely dominating KU in football? I would... uh, and all the fans... <laughs> 
all the fans voted uh, just to drill KU in football. And I mean, really? I think that's stupid. I would genuinely take KU could beat us for like 10 years. I don't care. If we win a national championship, that would be the happiest day of my life. I would no. be there. They would show me crying on TV. Like, I don't care. Like, KU could beat us for whatever. I don't care. Nothing would get me. The KU demise. I'm sorry, Blake. You're in a minority of this, especially in K-State Twitter, uh, which is an absolute war zone. Uh, they are just saying that to spite KU fans. They're just doing that just to start beef. They're not being like, if there was, a, if a genie came down and made it, especially for three or four years, yeah, I'd take that easily. I would do well, 10. Seri- I would seriously do 10 for a natty. You got, you got outside factors as well with Quick Trip just having to, the Quick Trip Twitter account having to mention no national championship <laughs> as well. I mean, that, I mean, listen, you can win a, you don't need to win a national championship to have, to compete with the best of the best. That's the way I see it. K-State's already have gotten to that point, especially with uh, the way they've, well, I mean, back in the 80s, we would not be talking about it. We would not be talking about it. I mean, I don't even know if this show would have existed. <laughs> would have got no listeners. I would say that. I mean, that would have yeah. been funny. Be on the radio. The, the next Willie's archive will do some random game in the '80s where we just get abs. Like what? Um, there was a game in there's a game in 1988 between K State and KU that's known as like the worst, like the toilet bowl game between us because we were both terrible. I think we had like one win between both teams. Let me think. We lost to Austin P in football, Tulane in football. We're gonna we, be Tulane. Should we go back and um get like a some a radio call from like the 1890s. I don't even, they probably, they didn't have radio back then, but when we're know, losing but, to like Washburn rural, <laughs> but, um, go, going, but I think, well, I think we definitely got off the track when it came to like, not, well, we could talk about the recruiting battles of KU and Iowa state all we want, but you're right. When you're competing against recruits in Texas, they're, a lot of them want to compete closer to home with likes of Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, Houston, Texas. I mean, think about this. Texas Tech, of all teams, Lee is their number one in the recruiting class in 2023. Yeah. Texas Tech in Lubbock in Western Texas. Uh, that, that just comes to show that uh, even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving in the next few years, uh, the state of Texas is going to be very difficult to recruit out of. Yeah. Uh, and that, and uh, for a school like K-State, uh, while you do, while, while, while having those schools in Texas is helpful to trying to attract more recruits, you want these, you want the top talent in your state to not only represent your school, but also to just know that you have a little more confidence in which you can get the, the in-state products. Yeah, I, I'm doing every every year. Yeah, and I mean, say what you will about Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, especially Texas. Um, you know that it's it's gonna it probably is gonna be a bad move in terms of their success in terms of you know overall record, especially for Texas because they suck. Uh, but I think it will it'll help them a lot in recruiting because again, I think I think players want to play in the SEC. You know, they can stay in Texas and play in some of the best facilities in the entire country in a program that's sucked the last 10 years, but has a huge legacy and multiple national championships, a number of great coaches. But I mean, I think that'll help them and the, just make it tougher for uh, K-State 
But I mean, it, it, it's kind of an off point anyway. I was just, I thought that was a fun conversation to have about KU and stuff. Cause I mean, it's the off season. What else is there to talk about? Um, so yeah, I think it's good to be back, John. It's good to be back. It's good. It's good to be back. Like, I mean, I know we, we, we can discuss about that, the football stuff, but I'm just happy you're back and ready to go in full swing. Meanwhile, I was, I was just kind of taking the, I was just trying to take a little bit of command when it comes to K-State Twitter, uh, just having to fight in some, fighting some arguments with KU fans all around. It was, it was. It was not fun, but I, 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 I'm not, I'm not gonna stop doing it for the life. It's, of me. it's, it's a duty. It's definitely. It's like, yeah. it's like uh, think of K State man. You know K State man on Twitter, right? Yeah. One yeah. That guy is just that guy is absolutely insane. Uh, but when it comes to just hollering this stuff out. Yeah, there's there's some people who look like they have full time jobs on Twitter, just or on K State <laughs> Twitter, just to just to defend or start anything it's it's a rabid fan base which you gotta love it's just it's it's a lot of fun there's yeah. many troll jobs that are just beautiful it's always it's always a good time on twitter it's great it, it, it and it's it's definitely one thing for sure and not only giving the support uh to the to the fan i mean to the teams at the stadium but also continue rapidly uh praising your school when it comes to recruiting as well uh it um none none of this stuff would be possible without the fans i know we've been talking about like a lot of key contributors which we can point out to one of them as well with well with the likes of bill snyder and john weefald in which in which um he he's done he's done he's done a tremendous amount of work for k-state for sure he, he he'll be truly missed for sure yeah uh, and then but when when it comes to when it comes to who who's really pulled off pulled off all this stuff when it comes to recruiting today, it's definitely been the family. But but uh, we I can kind of finish I can kind of finish it off a little bit. But um, take us out. All right. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I'll do it. Um. Uh. I I, I was mentioning John Weevald for a, uh, for a second. Um. He he passed away yesterday yesterday due to a heart uh due to a heart attack um not none i wouldn't i wouldn't be in manhattan possibly if it was without um potentially his loyalty and uh commitment towards uh not not only uh the k-state football program but the k-state some of the other k-state sports and uh he was one of the leading factors but um hired what that previously hired Susie fritz uh the head coach of k-state volleyball uh, she she even hired my dad as the associate head, uh, as the associate head coach for K State volleyball. And they've been great friends uh, throughout the uh, throughout the past few uh, throughout the past few years. Well, a, a lot of years uh, to be exact. He, he's he's just done a lot for not only uh, for the athletics department, in which back in the eighties it was it looked like K State could have been on the verge of going Division two. And then you also had a, a student enrollment that was declining very badly. Uh, and just seeing the amount of stuff that he's done for K-State, uh, it, it was nothing short of been a miracle. Uh, I mean, even getting Bill Snyder in was not an easy task either. Yeah, so. took some serious, probably lying basically, but some serious convincing to get him in. You know, it's an interesting what if, if K-State, you know, doesn't turn it around, what happens to the, the big eight? 
you know, does the big eight actually even turn into the big 12? It just, it, you know, yeah. K-State is forced, you know, probably coerced into leaving and stuff like that. It's an interesting uh, thought, but yeah, just an all time, you know, an absolute great uh, president at K-State. And he will again be dearly missed. Our thoughts and, and prayers go out to his family. And not, not only has he made a lot of, uh, he's not only has he contributed to the school and uh, the students, but I mean, you got to, look at Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas would not be where it is today without, uh, without, uh, with, without some of the, um, key, uh, key moments, um, that John Weefold has been a help, a helpful member when it comes to, um, oh, let me think, you got to look back at possibly the 2009 tornado, uh, uh, like you were, you were a new, I think you were Newton back then, but, yep. uh, Tor- I think an EF4 tornado hit Manhattan back then. He was he was one of the leading uh, contributors to uh, have some of the students and the student athletes rally around, uh, get the houses back up on the southwestern side of town. Uh, and he's been a he's been uh, a new a, a big impact when it comes to some of the projects that have been happening uh, as well. So he he's he's a legend and I um. I share my condolences to the, to the WeFall family, um, uh, but he, he's going to be forever missed in, uh, for this university and Manhattan. Yeah, definitely a true legend. Uh, yeah, I cannot, cannot thank him enough for everything he's done for the city of Manhattan and Kansas State University. But uh, I think with that, it's, this, this is definitely a good uh, return podcast. We're not as rusty as I thought we'd be. We, every time I just think like, man, this will just be a short little 30 minute podcast. And what do we do? Just go on a few tangents and we just really rack up the time. But I think we have some pretty good conversations. <laughs> but uh, just as a reminder, we'll be live on Friday on Wildcat 91.9. It'll go up shortly yeah, yeah, yeah. after um, yeah, on yeah. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Uh, take our Sparkle quizzes that are on sparkle.com. Um, and then just look up K-State Sports Trivia round one, two, or three, because we're about to do round four on Friday. So you can get all caught up. I think I have like six of the questions. I just got to get like a few more uh, to get it all nice and pretty. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter at shakenblake three twelve. We just uh, tweeted about the Jarrell Colbert um, transfer as we were recording this, so always we'll always be updating you with all the K State news. So follow us on Twitter again at shakenblake three twelve. And with that, um, it feels good to say it, John. But uh, cats by ninety. Cats by ninety, baby. Come on, come on.